In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm really enjoying these review shows as they give us a really good insight looking at three years ahead, what's going to happen. And it's an it's a interesting one today. It's the quarterback room. And while one name's not going to be a surprise to anyone, there's lots of different directions we can go. And guys, I'm just going to say this uh, up front. This is a bit of English banter. But Jack, mate, why have we always got Matthew Lawson on this bloody show? You know, can we get anyone better? <laughs> well... I've got to deal with you all day, so occasionally I reach out to someone a bit better to raise the standard on this show, and uh, Matt's always happy to jump on and help out. So, uh, hey, maybe we'll, uh, we'll farm you off somewhere else, and uh, we'll uh, bring him in full time. No, Matthew, jokes aside, thank you very much for all your input uh, last year and this year to the show, and uh, hopefully you're starting to understand our dry sense of humour a little bit now availability is the best ability and that's all I've got going for me. So I'll keep on coming on as long as you guys will invite. No, great. You are our most person on the most podcast, Matthew. So we love you and that's why you're on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it guys. Very, very underrated. You are in the Browns community. <laughs> we'll do a plug now. Cause we usually plug it in. Give them your um, Twitter handle and guys make sure you go and follow him now. Just jump on that, hit the follow and uh, it'll be worthwhile. So drop, drop the tag now. It's uh, Lawless to Lawless. Just play on my last name. So feel free to hit me up. Uh, I like to talk, talk anything Browns, Browns related or anything else you guys want to talk to. Uh, let's hear it. Excellent. And Jack, do you want to give us headlines uh, what we're talking about today? So today we're doing the quarterback breakdown over the next three years. And the reason it's three years is because that's what a front office is doing when they're sitting down. So we're going to look at who's on our roster, any free agents. We're going to chat a bit of roster construction with the QB room as well. So it's going to be a little bit of an interesting conversation. But uh, we'll jump straight in. The one name, straight off the top, no surprises here. It's Baker Mayfield. So 7.5 million this year. 8.9 8.9 million next year and um, 2021 is 10.4 million. So that's coming in at 3.9 million this year, 4.5 million next, uh, sorry, 3.9% this year, 4.5% next year. So it's, it's a solid amount of um, cap space for a rookie, but it's incredibly cheap compared to lots of these callbacks. They're getting sort of that 13% deal and some of them are even hitting 16% with the uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes deals potentially on the cards. So, Baker's going to be our starter. What do we have as a backup? At the moment, you've got Drew Stanton. Four million is his deal this year with a two million pound dead cap if you wanted to cut and get rid of him. So, I'm a big fan. I'm going to start out. I'm, I'm keeping Stanton all day long. I like the guy. I understand there's some other options out there, but I'll throw it open. Backup quarterback, who do you guys like to see? Paul, you want to? I'll, I'll kind of jump off. So I kind of 
took this and, and ran with it over the weekend, thinking about it a lot. And I kind of came down to there's two different thought processes to it. There's the, we'll call it the Philly special, where you have a quality veteran backup, like you have a Nick Foles, or you can go the Kyle Shanahan 49ers route, where you just draft and develop guys and turn them into playable starters in the NFL. Um, I mean, I don't know if what you guys think of the current free agent class out there at QB. There's not really – there's kind of two different routes. There's the guys that are going to be free agents that want to start next year, which isn't going to be a situation in Cleveland. So I don't know if you want to waste your time on that or money. Um, and then there's the, the guys who have been career journeymen or, or some other fringe guys that are kind of interesting. Um, the one quality vet I think that would be willing to assume a, a backup role would be Colt McCoy. He's been in Cleveland before. He's been a class act guy. Came in. He's played quite a bit over the years. He's one of those that if, if Baker goes down, that you can plug him in and you might win a couple games. Uh, I kind of take the approach that if Baker goes down, screw it. We're going to ride the rest of the season out, get a better draft pick, get Baker healthy next year, and we're off to the races again. Uh, but there's two other names I think they're pretty interesting. I'd like to hear you guys, your thoughts on it. Um, and there's a little history there with – uh, one being Brett Hundley, former Green Bay Packer, drafted by most of our now Green Bay East uh, Cleveland Browns front office guys, who was on a one-year deal in Seattle this year. And then you got uh, Kevin Hogan, who John Dorsey drafted in the fifth round in 2016 in Kansas City, also spent a lot, little time here in Cleveland. So those are the only two veteran guys. I, I don't think that either any of those would be very expensive. I assume Colt McCoy would probably get you somewhere in that – 10 to $15 million a year range. I don't know if it's worth it to, to spend that much on a backup that you know doesn't have much of a future here in Cleveland. So I don't know what you guys think of that veteran free agent track record. Um, I, can't, I can't see us going for two vets sitting under Mayfield. That's just my view. Jack? Um, I, th I think if you're throwing money at it, you probably you might move Stanton on. So you, if we strip it right back to basics, you're looking at there's two different strategies you can go through from the top. It's a two quarterback or three quarterback. I'm massively in favour of the three quarterback option. Um, I want your starter, which is established as Baker Mayfield. You've then got a choice of backup. Um, and they're okay names that were listed. Um, I think the other one out there, because of the Moncton connection, 10th rated quarterback in the season last year, I think he's willing to accept backup money. It's Fitz Magic. He's, he might look like Conor McGregor, but he can actually throw a ball. Um, and is it Fitz Magic or Dark Magic? The only problem with Fitz Magic showing up is something's going to happen to Baker <laughs> and Fitz Magic's going to be playing, and that's the last thing I want to see in Cleveland. As much as I like the beard and his Colin McGregor look, I don't want to see him playing in Baker's place because there's been some Dark Magic going on. <laughs> It's, it's one of them. I, I'm not a fan of uh, bringing in Fitzmagic. I'm happy to leave Stanton there as the backup um, veteran. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was to happen. And then I'm just going out and I will draft a day three pick on a um, rookie quarterback. I'll bring in another quarterback as a UDFA. Um, and then I'll just let them battle it out. Because for me, that third quarterback spot, I just want rookies there fighting it out. And hopefully... You get one that turns into a backup. I'm not even that interested in that rookie or young quarterback turning into a starter. I just want them to become the backup. And if, if we bring a couple in and one does better than the other, sign them up as that third QB. And then maybe in a year's time when Stanton moves on, 
you just go, look, we're going to keep you here for the next three years as the cheap backup to Baker Mayfield, and you're laughing. And that, and that can be a really solid way moving forward. Yeah, I think those are my assumptions. I think Stanton's back no matter what. But to me, he's just a de facto player coach. So I don't even count him towards that. I think there's, you need to fill one other permanent quarterback that'll be active on game days, which I don't think Stanton will be. Um, one of the, the key points that I know, I mean, Freddie seemed to adapt to a lot of the things Bruce Arians brought to, to the NFL coaching staff is growing a large coaching staff, which it seems like we've signed about 50 guys in the past week. Um, and, and Bruce Arians was, was kind of ahead of the curve in this, talking about with the new practice rules in the NFL, limiting your actual practice time during the weeks to be able to have that large of a coaching staff to run two simultaneous uh, sessions of offense and defense, which is why I think we would take the, the kind of the Kyle Shanahan approach to keeping a young quarterback constantly in the pipeline as your backup. Um, we saw him have really good success statistically with both CJ Beathart and Nick Mullins this year. Um, and so I, I, I've got a few names I, I like in the probably day three range and looking back at, John Dorsey's time in Kansas City, he never went above the fifth round outside of uh, Patrick Mahomes. He went with Aaron Murray in 2014 out of Georgia and Kevin Hogan in the fifth round in uh, 2016. Uh, so those those are two names I'd, I'd be interested to see. Um, I think that's kind of the range Dorsey would look. I don't know if you do that this year or if you wait another year out from Baker being drafted. But um, I know you like Taysom Hill. There's a guy, I think you get fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe in UDFA, Nick Fitzgerald, big quarterback out of Mississippi State, athletic guy. He's about 6'5", maybe 230, 240. So if you wanted to put some gadget plays in there where you run a QB draw or um, some RPOs in there, he's got the size and physicality to do it. Um, I don't know if he's going to be as good of a passer as Taysom Hill, but you got your gadget player, um, possibly able to develop him into something a little bit more. Um, if not, we'll turn him into a fullback. Can you see us taking someone like in the fourth round who's maybe someone a little bit special that, that there is potential that um, he will be a decent uh, backup? There's, I mean, there's a few guys. Like, there was a lot of expectations for Easton Stick out of North Dakota State. He played in the East-West Shrine game last week, and they had a lot of concerns about his accuracy and maybe his arm strength. He's a guy kind of built in the exact same physical mold as Baker Mayfield. He played in a really strong system. So it's one of those things, if you can get him into a really good offense that can scheme guys open, you might be able to develop him. I think he's going to be a day three pick. Um, a guy I like, I know uh, everyone really likes Mike Leach, is Gardner Minshew out of Washington State. They just sling the ball around out there. So I think if you got him in the right coaching staff like we've got now, um, he's a guy I'd like to see. I think he's going to be at the Senior Bowl this week. So I'll be interested to see how he does there. Um, but he'd be a guy, I mean, if he, I think he could possibly go a day two prospect, but if he's sitting there in the beginning of the, the third day, uh, he might be worth a flyer just to grab him as, as a depth piece or possibly do what the, the Packers have always done is they draft a guy late, develop him, show him off in the preseason a little bit. And then a year or two later, they trade him off for a third round pick. So uh, if we can do that and kind of start to build that kind of uh, pipeline in, I think the more the merrier. Yeah, I, th I think for me, I just want to keep this room as cheap as possible because if you're thinking the average top-level QB is taking about 13% of that NFL salary cap, so add on a couple of percent of the players round them because you're going to have two, three quarterbacks on that roster. If you're building a team that's got Baker at, say, 4%, 
Drew Stanton at 2% and then say half a percent for the rookie, you're building a team at 6.5% compared to another team's 15%. So that gives you an incredible amount of money to then go and invest that. And where we're looking at at the moment, that's probably going to be invested in the O-line. We've got one of the most expensive O-line rooms in the entire NFL, especially if they re-sign Greg Robinson. I think that will make it the most expensive O-line in the NFL. All five players on massive big deals. So for me, keep it as cheap as possible. So if you go out and you sign a, a decent player, say Fitzpatrick, someone else, someone that if Baker went down, you've still got a shot that season, even though it'd be an outside shot, you're not going to be able to invest that extra money in Baker's O-line or something like that. So if it's a choice and you're going, do we bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick or Greg Robinson? I'm re-signing Greg Robinson. So for me, I want to just keep it nice and cheap. Um, and that for me, you just draft the player and then fingers crossed they become something. But if they don't, you cut them and you move on. All about uh, Tyrod Taylor. Could he take a reduced uh, pay cut to come to keep playing for the Browns? For me, Tyrod Taylor's in that sort of bracket of between the 30 and sort of 35th best quarterbacks in the league. So he he wants to give it another shot. Um, I think he's going to be free to go and give it a shot at starting for another team. Um, or he might just take a, a shot somewhere where he might not start straight away, like Teddy Bridgewater, and there's the option that you might get a game. Um, so I, I, I think he's as good as out the door. Yeah, I think there was a report on Twitter came out this morning that um, all but sealed the deal that he will be leaving for free agency. I uh, wanted to test those waters, and I can't do anything but wish him the best. I mean, um, I think he came into a really bad situation and wasn't helped out by the coaching staff whatsoever uh, to even show off what he do- did well in Buffalo. So um, he's always been a class act. No no drama came out from him. So I wouldn't mind keeping him around, but I think he's, he's as good as gone. Um, He's, he's currently sitting at like almost 7% of the cap space too. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same same light as, as Jack. Cause I, I think you keep that as cheap as possible while the QB room is being driven by Baker Mayfield. You don't want a lot of dead weight behind him and spend that money elsewhere that's going to help us overall. What would we do if there was an injury to Mayfield over the training uh, camp, for example? If it's that early, I, I mean – you may be able to look and see who's a free agent that's available um, for the year. Uh, I mean, I guess you kind of, you kind of saw that with uh, the 49ers this year with Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt so early. And that's kind of yes. where I think, I think we've got a strong enough coaching staff that they can come in and develop and make guys better, um, which we haven't seen in the past. So I think that kind of comes into find either a UDFA that you like or um, some other cheap guy that's going to be out there. You can maybe do a late trade for um, but I would assume that all the quality free agent starters would already be accounted for by that point. Um, unless you want to give Tony Romo a call and see if he wants to come out of the booth. I think it's, it's one of them where if you lose your top 10 QB for a year, you, you're finished. Um, you lose in half a year, it's, it's over. Um, if you've, like the Eagles, where you've already qualified for the playoffs and you're talking two, three games, you can't be spending 10 million of your salary cap preparing for that situation because would you rather have Greg Robinson protecting um, Baker Mayfield all year round or would you rather stick a day three pick in there and see who does the better job you just spend that money on and if um, it was the Colts it was um, 
what was the line of he was asked uh, do you prepare for the backup in case Peyton Manning gets injured and I think it was head coach just turned around and said if Peyton Manning gets injured we're fucked and we don't practice fucked <laughs> and it's pretty much a similar element to that of th- there's no shot if Baker Mayfield's down for the entire year you're not winning the Super Bowl it's as simple as that so don't spend think- investing and just accept it but if it's t- if it's two three games you've got to remember Drew Stanton the season four he came to the Browns wasn't all on him but he went three and one off the top of my head so he, he if the if the defense is good enough and you've got a good enough game around him there's no reason he can't get you over that line if Blake Bortles could get the 2017 Jaguars to the playoffs, then Drew Stanton can lead us further. I mean, I think uh, kind of to your point, even bringing up Manning, think of the Colts, is uh, the 2017 Colts were kind of a good case study of, of what Paul brought up is they lost luck for the entire season. They made a, a trade late with Jacob to get Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he came in and he was, he was okay, but they, so they developed other guys around him. And that actually from the losses they gained from that landed them Quentin Nelson uh, Darius Leonard, some of those other guys that they're kind of harping on. They've got a really strong rookie core now. Um, so it's one of those, I mean, you don't want to say that you're going to just accept tanking the season. Um, but when it gets to that point, there's not much you can do. Um, make the best of it. You can find a guy if you can draft and develop. And it's kind of like the Colts, uh, I think they did determine that they're going to keep Joby, Jacoby Prezet no matter what this year. So um, they're going to do right by him and have, hopefully have their career backup back there. But uh yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of the same boat. I think if Baker goes down, then the whole season's fucked. And so we'll just move on to – we're on to the next year. So everyone will be happy, like, uh, keep Drew in as many games as he possibly can. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think Drew um, – easy. If it's a case of two, three games, I've got no issue. Drew Stanton, if, if it's three games, say, Baker's out for in the middle of the season and he comes in, he wins one of them three – I'm fine with that. We'll be all right. And Baker will win enough games that we still, we get a wild card. So it, it's okay. It's, if you're talking six plus games, your season's probably over anyway, and it doesn't really matter. So it's, it's one of them. It all depends how bad it gets. So, um, And that's kind of one of the benefits of what you, what Jake, uh, Jack was touching on was having one of the most expensive offensive lines and it's probably going to get more expensive if they can manage to re-sign Greg Robinson. Uh, and then you have a, a young stud like Nick Chubb. So having that offensive line and a strong running game is vital in that instance that if Baker goes down, the, the quarterback isn't going to have to win it with his arm. I mean, the, the team we're going to play against, I'm more than likely is going to force us to try to pass. Um, but that's why you invest in the offensive line and, and, and into quality running backs like Nick Chubb is to be able to take that pressure off in those emergency situations. So uh, I think you just got to do the best you can with what you got at that point. Here's a tough question for you. Is there a uh, round one quarterback over the last couple of years? Just say Kaiser, for example. Packers came in and they traded in for him. Is there anyone out there that you think, like Perry Moon and Greg Robinson, that's come in as first-round talent, but then we could maybe get him for like a fourth, a fifth-round quarterback? And I would, I would say most of the ones that become available are so bad that they're already on the free agent stockpile or out the league. Um, because the trouble is, if you show any potential at quarterback, then they're going to keep you around. Unlike 
yeah, left tackle, wide receiver, if you, you can bench them and you just move on because you just accept it's not working. Um, with quarterback, I don't think you're going to get anyone where, as you could sort of, you nick some talent in some other rooms, but I would say you're best just starting from scratch. Draft one, day three, bring in a UDFA and just let them battle it out. Um, and you don't have any perceived conceptions that just because you spent, say, a fifth-round pick on a QB or, say, a sixth-round pick on a QB, there's no reason the UDFA can't be better. Well, I think there's so there's one other issue to go with this. Is to, to Paul's point, if there is a high-drafted quarterback that became available for some reason, John Gruden's already grabbed him for all he could. He got A.J. McCarron, Nathan Peterman's now out there. Anyone that's had any kind of starter experience that's gone poorly, John Gruden's just accumulating those guys. For what purpose? I don't know yet. But I, if they've been a high draft pick and they're now available, you know how valuable quarterbacks are. If they're available, they're available because they suck. Um, it's Blake Bortles is going to be available this year. ton of starting experience. I don't want him anywhere near Cleveland. Nice guy, funny guy. I don't want him on my team. Uh, Jack, do you think um, we're going to go for uh, two or three callbacks? Uh, I think it'll be three. Um, I hope it'll be three. Um, and yeah, I think I think that sets us up nicely. I think even though there's a lot of this cap space, it's important just to remember, let's not blow that on something as pointless as a backup QB that we all hope doesn't play. Um, because we need to keep this money because we had the sixth most expensive roster last year. Um, we were over the NFL salary cap. Um, so that money is disappearing. Um, and I, if you're going to talk about maybe 10 million for, say, Fitzmagic um, or 15 million and you get Trey Flowers, I, I'm having a starting top 10 defensive end in the league rather than a backup quarterback and 5 million spare. So they're expensive top level backup quarterbacks because there's sort of 25 starter-level quarterbacks in the league, so there's not even enough to go around. I know Sashi Brown's not around, Jack, but do you think we could take a quarterback uh, in the third round, for example, and keep it as a commercial tool to try and develop it and then try and uh, move it on? Um, I think if you had an excess of picks, say it was two years down the line and we had three third round picks, I think that could definitely be something that if they really liked someone, they could take a punt on. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen this year because if you sign someone in any round other than the first, their contracts can expire the same time as Baker's fifth round option. So it doesn't make sense to have them two go down at the same time. You'd probably, if you're going to spend higher on a uh, QB, it wouldn't be this year's draft, it wouldn't be next year's draft, it'd be the 2021 draft where you might take a third and that, that might be a year where we, we take a serious punt. Yeah, the only, way, the only way I could really see that happening is if there's a guy that you really like his, his physical abilities um, and he's fallen for some various reason. Uh, there's a guy that you'll hear a lot of buzz about him is Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo. Just a monster of a man. He's six seven, athletic. He's kind of like a probably a better version of Josh Allen that'll probably get drafted where he probably should have been drafted. Um, maybe if a guy like that falls, is just a developmental piece. Um, maybe scoop him up. But yeah, I, I can't see. And now that I mean, I was looking at what draft picks we have. We've got two third round picks, only one fourth, three fifth rounders, one sixth, and one seventh. So 
I think those third round picks this year are going to be too valuable. I think there's a lot of depth in some of the positions that we're going to be looking for in this draft. Um, so I would be kind of shocked and, and kind of upset if we decide to spend one of those on a, a luxury pick of a backup quarterback this year. Yeah, once you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh picks, they're sixth and seventh are throwaways. Fifth, there's still some value in it. But yeah. if you're going to use it on someone you think this can be a quarterback for four years or the future, I'm happy taking that punt in the fifth. But six and sevens, I don't expect them to make the 53-man roster. So you take a punt on whoever you want. All right, excellent. So we're all agreeing on this. We are going to draft or take, potentially take a UFA or a, a draft late in this, uh, in this uh, round or draft. Yeah, Grab one late and just see what happens. Um, there'll be if we keep it the way it is with Baker and Drew, add a um, draft pick and a um, UDFA and just let them battle it out in camp, or even two UDFAs if there's no one they like in the draft. And uh, let's see what happens. I think that'll be the interesting thing is that's been the approach that the Green Bay Packers have always taken, and even in Dorsey's limited time in Kansas City, he took that approach, taken every other year, taking a fifth round flyer on a quarterback. Uh, and they actually, I think they got some trade value maybe out of Kevin Hogan at some point, or, or maybe not, or I think they cut him. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, I mean, keep taking a guy late like that until you find a guy that you know can be a serviceable backup. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially like, like Jack said, your fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, those are just lottery tickets you're hoping to potentially hit on. Dorsey did this year in Gennard Avery. Will we every year? No. Um, so that, it'll be interesting to see how they use those. And, and Dorsey, seemed, Dorsey seemed to make a, a habit of, of picking up those late sixth and seventh round picks. It seems like we've got two or three 2020 seventh round picks already sitting out there. So if you want to move those around, shuffle up a year ahead or a year back, um, it seems like he uses those just as kind of ancillary pieces to toss in for, for deal value. So, yeah, I mean, keep spending those on a, on a backup QB until you find one that sticks and then, then move on with it. No, thank you so much for coming on, Matthew. This really good breakdown in the different options we've got in the callback room, which uh, could go many different ways, but we've set up what we think. We've got fantastic guests coming on tomorrow, which is Mark Schofield to break down them day three picks and some more names out there. Um, he's agreed with some of the names Matthew's thrown out. Um, so, uh, no, we will see what happens. But, Matthew, plug where people can find you again on Twitter. Uh, you find me at Lawless too, Lawless. Uh, you find me on there. I'll, I'll talk to anybody and everyone. So come on. Good stuff, guys. Make sure you subscribe, review, rate the show. Them subscriptions really help, guys. Just hit that little button, and then you won't have to think about chasing that show to hear Mark Schofield tomorrow. Excellent. Are you say, Paul? Drop, drop that line. Matthew, what happened last year? We were going to meet in Cleveland. We didn't meet up. Oh, man. Happy wife, happy life. I can't be running around <laughs> like you. I'm always on the road for, for work, and so that's how I've got much, so, so much time for, for Twitter. But, yeah, I think we need to get some kind of road show together in, in, in New England. I guess, I don't know, you guys, fake England, whatever you guys want to call it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's go up there and, and kick some, some Patriots' ass next year. And, and how was it with the Panthers? Were you on the sofa that night? Uh, yeah, and I kind of not live, let her live that one down yet. I mean, she, I keep on telling her maybe someday she'll get a quarterback with her Panthers as, as good as what we have in Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think it just kind of adds injury to insult uh, to what she's got going on with Cam Newton's shoulder issues. So 
I gotta, I gotta talk quietly before I get put on top <laughs> at the end of the night. <laughs> All right, mate. It's been excellent to uh, get you on, and thank you so much for your time again. Anytime, guys. Danger zone. <laughs>